Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. Well, we're on our way from ashes to beauty to life and God and resurrection. I can't, but he can. I think I'll let him. I look at my life honestly. And then today, the hardest step, at least for me, I confess to God and to myself, but then also another person, not just vague, general, you know, I got issues, but specifics, the exact nature of my wrongs. What will keep me from doing this is embarrassment, but what will get healed is my shame and my guilt. So we'll talk about this over the next few days, but today I want to talk about why would anybody ever do this? Why would anybody ever take this step, ever get real before another person? Now, it will be embarrassing. I think about embarrassment. I think about my friend Chuck. We were in choirs together. And one time the choir was singing the Hallelujah Chorus. If you've ever heard it, it builds up to this crescendo. It's four great Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. And then there's going to be dead silence to set up that last transcendent moment. But this time Chuck was too amped up. And so after the fourth Hallelujah, you hear one single voice, Hallelujah. Now that was an embarrassing moment. Even Jesus was embarrassed for Chuck at that moment. Nobody likes embarrassment. But unless I'm willing to go through that with another person, then those deeper layers of shame and guilt may never fully get healed. And a very powerful story about this is told in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. There's dinner hosted by a spiritually elite man named Simon. Lots of real important people there. Jesus, the guest of honor. And then one other person, a woman. We're told that she was known in that town to be a sinful woman. Now, the text doesn't say what her sin was. Interestingly, across the century, male scholars often assume it must have been a sexual sin. She must have been a prostitute. We don't do that if it says it was a sinful man. Often women are shamed by men, particularly around sexuality. But whatever it was, she was known to be a sinner. And you should know, Marcus Borg points this out in the New Testament, that phrase sinner doesn't always necessarily mean somebody of bad character or an evil heart. You could often replace it with the word outcast, unwanted, rejected, a misfit, despised, shamed. Now, why would she show up at this dinner uninvited if she knew she was just going to get more shame and humiliation? It's because there was something about her her new friend, Jesus, that was so powerful that the healing he brought outweighed the pain of the shame that she would get. And so she weeps. We're not told why she's weeping. Maybe her heart had just had to get really hard to deal with disappointment. Saw a video of this crusty old guy whose wife had COVID, didn't think she was going to live. She's in the hospital and then he comes home and she's there and he just loses it. He just melts. Sometimes hearts that have toughened to deal with pain and disappointment get cracked wide open by good that they could not even imagine. Maybe that's her. 
and she begins to do this extraordinary thing. She washes Jesus' feet. And of course, that means now that her shame would be attached to him. Be a shameful thing. And everybody looks to see how will Jesus respond? What will he do? And the extraordinary thing is he does nothing. There's no Sherlock Holmes story where uh, stables get broken into during the night that are guarded by a dog and Holmes directs somebody's attention to the curious incident of the dog in the night and the person says, but the dog did nothing in the night and Holmes says, that was the curious incident. This is the curious incident of Jesus at the table. But Jesus did nothing at the table. Yeah, that's it. Jesus did not ordinarily do nothing. In the Gospels, he's extraordinarily active, teaches, travels, uh, rebukes, heals, delivers, prays. Not here. In the intense embarrassment of this moment for everybody that's there, they wait for Jesus to stand up, to say something, to address this woman, to talk to them, to spare them. But he just sits there and receives the touch of this woman. And she is braving that moment out of love for him. Her shame has become her gift. And Simon can't stand that. He thinks Jesus must not be all that if he knew who this woman was. And now Jesus speaks. He does this in three stages. First, he turns directly to Simon. And he tells him a little story. Two men, both in debt. One little debt, one big debt, both forgiven. Who's going to love the one that forgave them more? Through gritted teeth, Simon says, I suppose. Can't even bring himself to say it straight out. I suppose the one that was forgiven more. Jesus says, you have judged correctly. Give the boy a cigar. And then Jesus turns towards the woman, but he's still speaking to Simon. This is a very dramatic moment. When you do this, you are causing everybody's attention to go on to this woman. Everybody is looking at her, but he's speaking to Simon. He says, Simon, do you see this woman? And of course, Simon didn't see this woman. Simon saw a woman, a sinner, a nobody, an outcast. Not somebody's daughter, somebody's sister. Jesus sees her. Jesus says, you know, you, you didn't wash my feet. That was common courtesy. She hadn't stopped washing them with her tears and, and kissing them. Uh, you, you didn't offer me a kiss. That was a customary greeting. She has kissed my feet since I came in. You didn't give me any oil, just uh, a little bit of oil to anoint somebody was common courtesy. She brought this very expensive perfume. Therefore, I tell you, this shows that her sins are forgiven because of her great love. Now, love was the quality Jesus valued the most. And he says, this woman, this shameful woman, is one of the great ones. She is going from ashes to beauty. And then the third stage, Jesus speaks directly to this woman. And he says to her, your sins are forgiven. Now this is cleansing her guilt. She has a clean state, slate. She gets a fresh start. And then he says, your faith has saved you. 
Now this is salvation. This is a new identity. This is a new hope that can never be taken away from her. Part of what's extraordinary here is uh, he doesn't simply say, you have been saved. That would be good enough. He doesn't simply say, um, I have saved you. He could have done that. So let's have a little bit more of that perfume. Let's have a little bit more of that foot washing. No, he says, your faith has saved you. Now her guilt and her shame have been dealt with. You can deal with guilt with forgiveness. It gets healed through forgiveness. You can't forgive shame. Shame is the sense that I am unwanted. Nobody would want to be in a relationship with me. I am an outcast. Shame requires acceptance and even celebration and honor. And so Jesus honors this woman. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And that's a gift, too. I imagine for this woman, she shows up at this dinner. She didn't have an exit strategy. She didn't know how she was going to get out of there. Maybe she thought she'd get thrown out. Probably at best, she could slink away. But no, Jesus has her leave with honor. Go and live now in peace, in shalom, in well-being, for you have made the journey. You are making the journey from ashes, sorrow, repentance, to beauty because she is willing to step into the light because she is willing to experience the shame and vulnerability in that setting healing comes to her and it is that way with this step you know we have been reading recently as it seems like we always do about leaders in the church christian leaders where they were leading another life that was hidden, and it's so painful to read about that. But what you can pretty much guarantee is when that's going on, someone has not taken the step to go to another person and say, this is me, this is my ugliness, this is my shame, these are my wounds, this is my guilt. I want you to know. I want you to hold me accountable. I want you to care for me and pray for me. And I'm telling you, gang, just... From personal experience, when you confess to God, yourself, and another person, healing comes in a way that it cannot come if you stay hidden. So today, just remember that Jesus is the one who turns shame into a gift. That's the story of the cross. What was his great shame became his great gift. This woman went in peace, and it didn't mean that her shame disappeared. It means that her shame was transformed and made into something that became part of a greater story, and she was able to meet with and minister to other women and men of shame in ways that she never would have been able to otherwise. Jesus turns ashes into beauty. He turns shame into honor. He will do that for you and me, and we'll talk more about how tomorrow.